Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, a lot to get into here on a Wednesday, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Fredo Cervantes. Fredo, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing amazing, sir. Another day here in this sports world is getting very interesting right now. Well, you've been sort of kind of at the thick of it, at the center of all the kind of noise at USC. Uh, you were at that game against Washington at the Coliseum. Um, and once again, when USC let, um, you know, they gave up 52 points. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm looking at that game saying, you know, the previous week they gave up 49. really should have been 50, but Cal uh, does not kick the uh, PAT. And, and at what point, I'm thinking at that point, is – is Lincoln Riley going to finally do the right thing? Is he going to move on from Grinch? And uh, you you uh, wrote uh, how he uh, he did. He, he fired his good friend, and uh, he spoke about it. First, take me back to the game on Saturday. What was your thoughts? Again, this had played out like a lot of games this year, where USC plays well. It was, it, it was a fantastic game. But at the end of the day, uh, Fredo, as you know, I mean, it's hard to score 52 points. So even if USC's, has scored 50 points, 51 points. It still would not have been enough. Yeah, I mean, it was just a devastating loss for the Trojans on Saturday night. I mean, that was their second consecutive loss at the Coliseum. And, you know, for for the team to not show up defensively after, you know, having that great kind of come from behind win up in Cal the previous week. And, you know, the youth felt like the momentum was carrying their way. You know, they, they were only a three-point underdog heading into this game against Washington, which kind of seemed to be like a, um, a good thing for USC to kind of, I'm sure everyone sees the numbers and something like that might be able to keep them motivated. But even from the very beginning of the game against Washington, it seemed like it was going to be a shootout, you know, like being at the Coliseum and seeing that type of uh, back and forth, back and forth kind of thing. Like, you know, the first team to kind of have those first early mistakes are going to, is going to be the team that's going to uh, miss this game right now. But allowing Dylan Johnson to become this phenom out there in, on the field that he just seemed like he was running through every single wall that he possibly can. You know, he ended up with three touchdowns in the first half and he had about 120 uh, rush yards in the first half. And he ended the game with 250 rush yards with four touchdowns, uh, which was kind of, you know, like, okay, like the, this defense continued to allow these explosive plays. Like that is something that was continuously asked to Grinch uh, throughout his first first nine, 10 weeks here with the team this season. But 
it, 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 you know, when you look at a game like that and you seem like, okay, well, they were supposed to lose that game. No, no they weren't. They were in the game. <laughs> and, you know, for, for the offense to continue battling and Caleb Williams getting hit after hit and making some incredible runs. I mean, it, it, you saw him do a 360 out on the on the field right there, uh, right there uh, and moving one of the defenders out the way. It was impressive to see. But what a just uh, disappointing loss uh, for the Trojans on Saturday night. So Grinch gets fired on Monday, um, or was it Sunday? I think it was Sunday. It was right? Sunday. Sunday. It was afternoon. Sunday the next day. Um, and by the way, I, I, I think you're 100 percent right. I, I, th- I think Grinch got enough. Um, enough people had talked to him, and Pareto, as you've reported, I mean, I think a lot of people talked to him after last season. This was his good friend. They they did have at least a successful season prior to those last two losses. So as much as a lot of USC fans wanted him to be on. And I don't agree with the fact that he came back. Uh, you, you can kind of maybe see why. Um, but I do think, and, and, and I know this for a fact, and you've reported it as well. I mean, enough boosters, enough alumni, enough people around the program basically said, what is it going to take for you to part ways with this guy? And so he finally did that. What did Lincoln Riley say when he talked to you guys? And again, you also talked to the new, um, at least for the, the remainder of the season, defensive coordinators too. Yeah, I mean, when, when he came up and, you know, talked to the media on Monday afternoon, which was a, a late time schedule for, for him to do that, because he normally does his meetings on Tuesday. He's just kind of seeing me and he is like, look, after the game, I watched the I watched the tape. I watched a lot of tapes Saturday night. Uh, I slept on it. He's like, I woke up Sunday morning. I watched a little more tape, <laughs> and I just felt like it was uh, in the best interest of the program to, you know, finally say goodbye to his good friend. You know, and he 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 talked about how his family and his kids are friends, very close with his kids and his family, his wife. So you know, having that type of relationship, which was just so hard. For him to let go and even though this was this was a surprising thing that kind of also lets you know that you know he really did not make the decision on saturday night after the loss he stated he's like look people were asking him about grinch like hey look the defense did it again they allowed this many points he's like look i'm i'm not worried about that i just i'm worried about next week i definitely just want to not think about the big picture until after the year ends he's like, we kind of want to finish the year strong continue moving he's like there's still a lot to play for and you know he continues saying that he's like there's just a lot to play for which there is uh right <laughs> now you kind of see the last two games can be very uh critical for the way the season is going to end but with riley finally making i guess at the end of the day he did make the call to let him go it was the best move that this team could do to kind of Give the team the momentum they need, that little energy, that spark, which was something that, you know, the new um, defensive coordinator, Sean Newell, was talking about today. He's like, we need a spark. I'm not sure if we're going to get it in practice. I'm not sure if we're going to get it throughout the game. Uh, But we need that spark uh, to lift this team up and finish strong. What can really change, though, theoretically? I mean, realistically, again, it's Wednesday. They're going to board this plane on Friday. I mean, this is effectively going to be Grinch's system. You're not going to put a new game plan in. Uh, they're going up to Eugene to play one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, again, we've, we've talked before, uh, you know, how, how close that Cal game was, 50 to 49. And then, um, 
Oregon Cal was, you know, something like 63 to 19. So you know, what, what realistically can this team change in just one week? I mean, they can't, tr- you know, it, it was very interesting because Mason Cobb talked to the media as well on Wednesday, uh, on, I mean, on Tuesday, and he actually said, look, we need to be lined up in the right positions. And when he said some stuff like that, I was just like, okay, so that means maybe Grinch was not putting you in <laughs> yeah. the right positions. He's like, you know, we we have meetings. We, we talk to them. We talk game plan. And he's like, at times when we're out there, he's like, it just seems that we're maybe not lined up to the way the offense is lined up. Mm. So, you know, with stuff like that, I'm like, okay, well, now Sean Nua um, and as well, uh, we're gonna. He, he was talking about Newwood really got in more in detail about getting uh, the energy kicked out of the linebackers and the line as well. Because when you look at the line at at times, uh, when they when you get pushed by someone else that's smaller than you, that uh, and you know that kind of seems to be like okay, that might not be your strong suit to be up there up front uh, going against these other guys out there. And at times they create some big holes that allows the running backs to just go out there and run wild. That's been their biggest, uh, kind of biggest disappointment um, for the defense all season long. Fernando, you had a tweet that went viral, Caleb Williams postgame, basically saying that he just wants to, what was it, he wants to go home and snuggle or cuddle with his dog or something? Yeah, yep. Do you think he responded again? I mean, I, I do like the fact that he cares, so when he gets emotional or he goes to his mom and he cries. I mean, bro, like all I want is for people to care about these games as much as the fans do. And he certainly does. Uh, your thoughts on Caleb post game. You know, uh, I was disappointed in Caleb Williams and I, I, I don't mean to kind of uh, put too much on him right now, but you know, being a junior right now in college and seeing the type of player he is, I mean, he was just a Heisman, uh, Heisman winner trophy this past season and seeing the the numbers he was putting up the, right now, even right now at this moment, as oh. we speak, he is number one in passing touchdowns and total touchdowns. Um, he's still being that great offensive player he is. Of course, he cannot do everything out on the field to help his team win but his body language during the post-game conference so just to kind of give you a little bit for the people that maybe just saw the clips or didn't really see everything the press conference started with Lincoln Riley talking to the media after the game he walked out immediately we have three defensive players walking in the three defensive players sit on the front on the front of the table which there were only three seats there then about a minute into their conversation with us, uh, you get Tosh Washington, you get Mason Cobb, and then you get Caleb Williams walking into the conference. And the moment they walked in, they noticed there's no chairs at all. I mean, maybe you could have stood by their side, but Caleb Williams first immediately went and sat behind Kalen Bullock, who Kalen was sitting on the chair. The moment um, Caleb sat behind K- behind Kalen, sitting on the floor he could not be seen by no media oh member. my god so he sat behind him and we're people are looking around like where's caleb where'd he go <laughs> and i can see the tip of his head behind kaylin bullock and you know once they asked a question to mason Cobb, because mason Cobb did the same exact thing he sat in the back and mason Cobb stood up he was talking not on the mic then there was a camera guy in the back he started screaming hey mason get on the mic get on the mic Mason got on the mic. Uh, then they asked Caleb a question. Um, and, you know, one of the PR directors for USC, she stopped the whole thing. She's like, okay, everybody up. And you see Caleb, it seemed like this was like a high school class or uh, in oh, middle school. That's you know, awesome. It's like everyone up, everyone listening up, stand up. 
Um, and then that's where you kind of get Caleb. He walks with the, you know, you can see his body movement is, you know, the way he's going about things. He leans against the wall. Um, and then he gets asked, you know, hey, how do you feel right now? What What's your, you know, what's your energy like? And he just said, hey, look, I want to go home, cuddle with my dog and watch some shows. And, you know, he just walks back and he sits against and leans against the wall. And I don't know, I, I kind of just saw I'm like, OK, well, if you are maybe months away from being a franchise player in the NFL, that is maybe not a way you want to go about, um, you know, treating a situation like this, which, of course, we dealt with something two weeks ago where, you know, no players talk to the media. <laughs> and that was maybe not a player's thing, but that was more of a USC thing there. But you know, I was just a little disappointed in just Caleb Williams and the way he treated the whole thing. That's a great uh, perspective on it that, that I did not know and that I think a lot of people tuning in tonight uh, may not know. All right, uh, switching gears, uh, Chargers, big win in New York against the Jets on Monday Night Football. Again, we, we may say this for, for a few weeks now, but it, it was another must-win game. Now they're 4-4 four and four, uh, going into a big game Sunday against the Detroit Lions. Before we talk about that game on Sunday against the Detroit, Fredo, Monday Night Football. They they needed it. They played extremely well. Defense played well. Your thoughts on that win? Yeah, I mean, you said it right there. The defense played well. They showed up, at, you know, at the Big Apple, which was, you know, kind of surprising to see because when the Chargers too do play on primetime football, it's always a little tough for them. And I was kind of, you know, watching a little bit of the game after, you know, it was it was right identical when Lincoln Riley was talking to the media in Los Angeles. And, you know, once I finished with that, I tuned into what the Chargers were doing. And I was like, okay, they're up 17 to, to three and they were kind of moving the ball. And I was like, okay, this might be one of those sloppy games. It might like get away, but no. You know, the defense continued blowing down there and you got to give some credit to Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. And, you know, right now that's we're talking about USC, a former USC, uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu. He is another man who has just kind of given this Charger defense some very good energy and they're just explosive. That trio right there, um, they got about eight and a half uh, sacks last night on mm -hmm. Monday Night Football. So it kind of lets you know, like, you know, this defense, when they want to show up, they can really show up and hold a team on Monday Night Football to six points in their home. So, Fredo, take me through this season where it, it's been a season of streaks, I guess, where they've lost two, one, two, lost two, one, two. Now that they've won two straight, uh, you clearly don't want to follow that up with two straight losses uh, when you know, when they played Detroit on Sunday, and then they have to go to Green Bay. Uh, what do they have to do to turn this season around? Again, it's been a season of streaks. Can they turn it around on Sunday? I mean, you, you can definitely turn it around a, a, against a team like the Detroit Lions. You know, the Detroit Lions are, are coming over to SoFi Stadium and, and facing this kind of Charger team that's kind of getting something put together very nicely at a perfect time. And I don't know if it was because of Brandon Staley shaving his beard off because the moment <laughs> Brandon Staley shaved his beard, uh, the Chargers are now 2-0. and um, so, you know, that's, if, a, that's a sign right there. <laughs> yeah, that's a sign right there. I, I hope he kind of continues shaving every <laughs> single day. But, you know, the only thing that scares me moving forward into this Detroit Lions game is Justin Herbert's performance. Uh, we I, I've been talking about his performance overall because now that he's that type of player that's carrying that back, he got to be held accountable every single game. And technically, he has statistically his worst game of his career on Monday Night Football, you know, only throwing for 136 yards. Uh, completing 16 out of 30 passes, you know, that was his lowest in his career so far. 
he did not throw one single touchdown and he did not throw one single interception, which was also a good sign for him, especially with the hand and the way he was uh, kind of controlling the ball because he did kind of fumble. He got hit and he kind of lost control. He was able to secure the ball down there too, which was a very big, um, important time in the game. But seeing that performance from Justin Herbert, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you can get a pass because yes, the defense played well, but just imagine if the defense did not play well, if the defense allowed 30 points, this game would, you know, would have been another loss for, for this uh, Los Angeles team. But it is going to be a tough matchup with the way Detroit has been playing all season long. You look at Jared Goff and how well he's kind of taken that franchise over since, you know, arriving over there, you know, uh, having someone that's very familiar with SoFi Stadium, um, you know, it might give him a little momentum there to kind of, you know, give it a nice little push against the Chargers. That's a good point. But by the way, how, how crazy is it? Is it that the Rams signed Carson Wentz? Remember back when Jared Goff was the uh, yes. number one pick and Carson Wentz went number two? And now uh, that uh, is well, nice for that is nice for that team. Let's <laughs> see how that plays out as well. Very exactly. Uh, you do a great job of uh, showing the perspective of the fans. You go to the tailgates before the games. Uh, you know, again, you know, it's low hanging fruit to 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 kind of knock Chargers fans, but I've really been pleasantly surprised this season. They've they've they've, they've done a good job. Um, what's the like atmosphere? Like again, if a fan's going to the game on Sunday against Detroit, uh, what can they expect? Oh, I mean, you can expect a lot of things. You know, you got to give uh, a major shout out to the Charger fans out there who do, you know, the, the trend around town and, you know, maybe not just in the town of Los Angeles, but around the world is like, okay, there's no Charger fans around. You show up to those tailgates, you show, you show up right there and it's a thunder alley. You know, mm-hmm. the Thunder Alley, it's out there. Everyone is there. You know, if everyone, anybody out there wants to experience anything, you make sure you show up at around 9 a.m., 930 in the morning. Um, you know, the game starts at one o'clock. So you got a few hours to, to go out there and, you know, get a shout out as well. Bold School, shout out mm-hmm. to Bold School. They're one of the biggest uh, fan clubs right there for the Los Angeles Chargers. And, you know, I always go down there, um, you know, see some of the action. And, you know, a lot of the people that I know are with Bold School, you know, Manuel Solano, Mike Solano, those guys have been uh, longtime Charger season ticket holders from back in San Diego. So, you mm. know, they've been diehard Charger fans and, you know, they're always at every game and, you know, they're they're always welcoming any single fan that wants to come out there. Uh, they're welcoming with open arms. So, you know, make sure you guys all go down there and it's always an exciting time, you know, tailgating with there and as well, USC tailgates as well. Uh, they got some impressive uh, um, outings out there. Exactly. But it um, is a good time. By the way, like USC is becoming a basketball school. You had some news, LeBron James announcing that Bronny James, again, you know, goes maybe go through some warm ups and tests and things like that, but it looks like he's on track to come back this season. Do you have any uh, update on the status of Bronny James? Yeah, you know, uh, LeBron James actually talked about it and mentioned that he is going to get reevaluated at the end of this month in November. And okay. however that goes, um, that will depend his availability moving forward. And he believes that everything should be okay. Everything's been okay from now, from the moment that incident happened till now, everything has been well. So there should be maybe no signs of maybe holding Bronny back from making his USC debut this season. So, I mean, for any USC basketball fans out there, uh, they should possibly be expecting Bronny James, hopefully sometime in the new year, I would expect. And real quick, I know that, you know, you, there was a lot happening, but USC beginning the season with a big win. I mean, I mean, what, what, what can USC fans expect this year from 
USC hoops. I mean, USC hoops is actually a good thing, you know, uh, for for the way they've been playing ever since they had um they had the Isaiah Mobley and the Mobley Mobley brothers. Um, they were always a um they were always a good team, making it to I believe they made it to the Elite Eight yeah. and Sweet Sixteen uh, with the Mobley brothers, and they were out there battling at the same time as USC was. Um, and you know, moving forward, getting the new re- uh, recruitments, and, uh, and of course Collier, uh, he is an uh, a beast on the court. The way he puts pressure on the opposing defenders. Um, I got a chance to, to kind of see him in person at the USC game and seeing his body size. I'm like, yeah, he's not too, he's not too tall, mm-hmm. but his, his size, his, his length, his arms, he's a big man. And I'm like, man, anybody, any point guard out there in college right now trying to stop Collier is not going to be an easy assignment for anybody out there. But um, you can expect some very big things from this USC team. Of course, they do have their home opener uh, this upcoming Thursday wow. um, against Bakersfield, which you, you, we can kind of imagine how that's going to go. <laughs> exactly. um, but it's going to be uh, definitely a good, exciting season for USC uh, basketball. Exactly. You know, and, and, and I've been a Hoops fan for quite some time. So, you know, glad that they have a, a team that is, you know, expected to make a run at the tournament, expected to be in contention. So uh, should be a fun uh, season for Fredo. You know, again, ho- ho- hopefully you have a big bowl game to cover. We'll see how this season comes to a close again. <laughs> Saturday in Eugene, coming back home at the Coliseum against UCLA. All right, thanks, Fredo. You're the best. Um, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Lauren Jones when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bat in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310. 310- 400-0340. All right, let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Lauren Jones. Lauren, how are you doing? I am great, Arash. I'm happy that we got to connect. I know that you're doing it big in NYC. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for got, making time for me. Oh, my pleasure. A lot going on here in uh, in New York. You got the uh, Chargers coming out here, winning a big Monday night football game against the uh, Jets. Clippers out here with... Uh, Played the Knicks Monday, played the uh, Brooklyn Nets Wednesday. Well, it didn't look so great with James Harden, but we'll see how that all plays out. Um, All right, let's talk about the Lakers, the team that you cover so well. Speaking of teams that are, you know, listen, it's it's early. 
It's early. Both both teams, by the way, both Los Angeles teams have been winless on the road. Neither of them have won yes. off of their home court. Um, now that the Lakers are on this Florida uh, road trip, losing to Orlando and losing to Miami, your thoughts on this current road trip they're on? Yes, yeah, so Arash, I think that, you know, I've seen some encouraging things through these few games, but I've also, you know, seen some not so encouraging things. And I think the first thing that I want to start with is health. Um, obviously the Lakers uh, had eight players available for last night's game. That's against, crazy. Yeah. Uh, the Miami heat and still were able to manage uh, to, you know, obviously was still lost, but to lose by just one point. And I think that, the health has really been kind of the determining factor for this team up until this point, especially on the road. Um, it, it shows up and it's glaring uh, at Staples Center. There's an energy and a vibe and, you know, they they were able to rally and, and beat the Clippers, which was a big win for them. But uh, we knew that this was going to be a tough uh, stretch because they're down Gabe Vincent, Jackson Hayes, uh, you know, uh, Jared Vanderbilt has been out uh, since the seasons began. We haven't even seen him hit the court. And then AD, you know, has a hip spasm um, during last night's game. And obviously that, that changes kind of the trajectory of things. And so I think health is going to be one of the things that will heading into the season yeah. didn't expect it to be so, um, you know, kind of dismal or decimate. Um, but as we see, like the guys are dropping like flies, right? I know. So, um, and, and a lot of the injuries that some of these guys are, or they're more precautionary from what Darvin Ham has described. And I think that that's a smart strategy is that, you know, early in the season, the in-season tournaments beginning and there's, you know, hype around that, but you want to make sure that long-term, you know, around the post uh, trade deadline, you know, post all-star break that some of these guys are available and healthy. And so um, I, I kind of, I'm encouraged by what I've seen, but then there's also some question marks around just uh, rotations and guys getting the chemistry and uh, on the court and, and, and decision-making late in games. And I think we saw that there's a lot of question marks around, uh, you know, LeBron's decision to pass uh, at the end of last night's game. And especially to Cam Reddish, who has, (laughs) I think shot 15%, from the three-point line uh, leading into that game. Uh, He struggled from three, but obviously he's been really great on defense for them. And so I think the Lakers are really trying to just figure things out, as many of the teams are. Um, And and while there's continuity with last year's team, there's also a lot of – you know, question marks with how to how to fit in some of these new guys, and we haven't even seen you know Jared Vanderbilt or, or other guys. So, yeah, I think not to be too concerned. Uh, we'll see what happens when they're healthy, and we can see the full roster. But um, for them to play that game, you know, and lose by just one when they were down by, I think it was eighteen mm-hmm. in the third quarter. 
um, that's encouraging. And to see the fight and the explosiveness of LeBron in year 21, that's encouraging. You know, chase down block uh, on Tyler Hero. And there's there was just some, some great points uh, in the game that I think Lakers fans can be encouraged by moving forward. But, you know, health is going to be a big thing. And then also, obviously, D'Lo getting ejected uh, didn't help yeah. at all. Uh, so, so, yeah, there's a lot of things that they're going to growing pains, if you will, that they're going to have to figure out. And Lauren, you you touched on it. I mean, the number of guys that we think will be key players for this team that has not played. Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, Gabe Vincent. Uh, You go down the list. I mean, you could argue for their top seven players or that, you know, could, could be their top seven um, have not played. So what this has caused, and and I want to get your thoughts on this, you know, Darvin Ham begins the season saying, you know, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd like to limit LeBron's time on the court. You know, obviously right. it's a long season. So 20 to, to, to 30 um, is, is sort of our sweet spot. I mean, I think that's still going to hold true when they're healthy, but they've not been healthy, so he's having to play a lot more minutes. Your thoughts on that? Yes, I, you know, I, I think that that is a sliding scale, and um, Darvin kind of jokingly said, I, I can't win with the media, you know, asking me day after day. It's like, you know, if I play him too much, then, you know, the front office gets mad at me. If I play him too little, then he gets mad at me. You know, I, there's no win in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that they're going to find that sweet spot when uh, the team is healthy because they do have weapons that, you know, have been sidelined due to injury. And, um, I mean, the fact that LeBron wants to play and yeah. wants to be on the court and wants to, you know, take that role on still in year 21 is pretty remarkable. Um, and, and it has been playing up to the level that we've seen him play in years past. But I think that obviously for sustainability and for the longevity of the season, we're going to see those minutes reduced. Obviously, like 37 minutes is not what we're going to see. Yeah. Uh, hopefully come January and beyond, uh, you know, heading into the playoffs and things of that nature. But uh, I think right now it's just kind of out of necessity. And, uh, you know, he's he's a competitor. And so you kind of see that as well. And so there's a balance that Darvin Ham kind of has to strike with making sure that he's giving the team the best possible chance to win. And also, uh, you know, keeping in mind that LeBron is turning 39 <laughs> uh, next month. And, uh, you know, that that's not necessarily sustainable for the rest of the season. Lord, I, I normally would not be excited about a November game against the Houston Rockets, but God bless <laughs> Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, uh, you know, and listen, he's embraced this role. He's the villain. I think he likes it. Yeah. Uh, what can we expect when the Lakers next travel to Houston to play the Rockets? I think it's going to be a surprisingly great game. And, you know, I don't know what the NBA has done with the schedule this year, but a lot of these games have felt like playoff caliber games in, you know, November, uh, which is, or October even, you know, the game against the Clippers. Uh, it's going to be high energy. And, and this Houston Rockets team, obviously, in the coach, uh, Ime Joka, he's done a great job with them. Uh, extremely talented team that I don't think people expected to be doing so well uh, this early in the season or just at all this season. But uh, this is going to be a key matchup. And, you know, Jalen Green is extremely talented um, and, and very storied. Excuse me. But Dylan Brooks, obviously, with all of the comments that he made, <laughs> 
uh, last season. Uh, there's going to be just some some great fanfare. I'm going to be on Twitter, uh, you know, trolling as well, <laughs> um, because there's so many memes that he created off of last year's run uh, against the the Lakers and. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I'm curious to see what LeBron's takes are, uh, or if he has any. Uh, he might just kind of brush it off, but uh, I think it's it's going to be good, good, at least fanfare. <laughs> Lauren, uh, LeBron gave us an update on Bronny James, and it's great news. That, that, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to, um, you know, hopefully if everything holds a serve, you know, come back this season, going to take some tests going to do some on-court workouts. Uh, what what have you heard? And, and again, I think, think everyone's very excited to see him back on the court. A, he's healthy, so that that's A, number one. But to see him yes. back on the court. Yes, I think, you know, we kind of didn't know. In July, when all of this happened, it was jolting um, and really, you know, took everybody, I think, by surprise, including the family. And so... For the medical staff, uh, kudos to them and hats off to them to be able to uh, rally around and to um, even have this as a possibility uh, of us yeah. talking about, at, uh, you know, a couple months later. Uh, I think it would be great for USC basketball. They came out to a great start, uh, both on the women's and men's side. Yeah. Um, you know, especially given our USC uh, football situation currently. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> It's something to, to root for and be excited about. I mean, um, and, and I just have to give a shout out to Juju um, for coming out and breaking Lisa yeah. Leslie's record. I mean, in her first game, but, you know, also the USC men's basketball team came out to a hot start and, you know, handily won against Kansas State. So I think there's some, it's going to be a really great season. Uh, for them, but going back to Bronny, um, I think it's just really encouraging to hear that he's been progressing and that he, you know, traveled with the team and that um, he's been uh, getting some reps and, and getting back on the court and getting back acclimated. And so uh, it's going to be interesting if we see him debut this this season uh, and and you know. They got to the tournament last year and unfortunately lost in the first round. But I think this is an extremely talented team. They're chatting, you know, not only Bronny, but Isaiah Collier, um, who is one of the top-rated recruits um, coming out of this class. So there's a lot of things to be excited about for USC men's basketball and women's as well. And so... Um, it would be great to see Bronny back out on the court and to see him in a USC uniform and debut. Um, but yes, from what I've heard, he's been recovering well and that the progression has been, um, uh, I mean, ahead of schedule, obviously. Yeah. You know, because I think we were, we were just all hoping that he was going to be okay, and you don't want to rush him to come yeah. back too soon. But you know, yeah. you know, seeing him on the football game, seeing him at the Drake concert, seeing him at it, and again, he just looks perfect. He looks Midnight normal. Madness, Midnight Madness, Madness, yeah. Mm -hmm. right. So, um, just happy to see him back. You you touched on her, and I was going to bring her up next. What 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 Juju Watkins did in her first game? We knew that she she was a star, but I think a, st a star was really born on Monday um, in Las Vegas. Uh, and the rules being what they are, I mean, she's going to be in school for four years. Yeah, but thank yes. you for her with what she can make off the court in 
the NIL deals. She may be one of the highest paid uh, female basketball players not in the WNBA. Your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, I I had a pleasure and a chance to meet her parents before oh, wow. I even met Juju um, during the Lakers uh, bubble championship run. And wow. uh, from what I gathered from them is, is that they, they raised a, an amazing young woman. Um, and I, I mean that off the court as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and they had the business sense to start her brand deals very early and we see that that's paying dividends uh, as she's you know committed to USC and now taking the court for the first time. But then you also see that she's living up to the hype. Yeah. Um, I also got a chance to see her play at the Drew League um, last summer. And what an incredible experience that was. Her going up against some of the toughest guys in L.A. and giving them buckets. So uh, <laughs> Juju is a special talent. And I, I love... What, what's most, I guess, uh, that stands out the most about her is that she's so poised on the court. Mm. And for her to be so young, uh, you know, it's just really cool to see. And I, I'm really excited for this season for both teams, but um, for the women's basketball team, because uh, USC has legends on, <laughs> as alumni. I mean, no. Cheryl Miller, Lisa Leslie, these are women who have been groundbreaking um you know in the WNBA and as the WNBA and you know just women's basketball continues to gain popularity I've been around this for quite a while and so it's just exciting to see it takes you know full steam um you know I was like which which game do I watch yeah, <laughs> you know seriously. obviously the last night but it's the Chargers and then there's you know <laughs> USC women's and then there's I mean so there was so many options it was really tough to, to decide but to get to see the highlights and just uh what she was able to do in her first game and you know make history is is really incredible and and shout out to that team I remember when Michael Cooper was the women's That's basketball right. coach in the day when I was on campus so <laughs> Um, the team has come a long way and I'm just so encouraged by uh, what she's been able to do just in her first game, but I'm excited to see how she progresses during the season and how, uh, you know, USC shakes out on both ends. I think I know what your re response is here, but I, I'm going to bring it up regardless. I, I'm in New York. I was at the Clippers first game and still, you know, like I, I thought back to your tweet because it was a very, very, a very cool moment pregame when the starters were announced and it's Paul George, and it's yeah. Kawhi, and it's James Harden, and it's Russell Westbrook. And they all came in the league from 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. And it was like probably the greatest moment in Southern California hoops history. Uh, yeah. And I put them in a list of the top 10, and they're probably in the top six with Paul Pierce and Reggie Miller. So that's a long <laughs> I know. I totally agree. I totally agree. But that's yeah. a long-winded way of me trying to ask you the fact that the Clippers have assembled four of the greatest players in Southern California history. If they have any semblance of success this season, does that move the needle for them? That they've they're not just successful, but like they're doing it with homegrown talent. Can that help them? Well, I think. That's a tough question, Arash, because, uh, you know, in, in L.A., fans like championships. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Fans like winning teams and banners, and that's the excitement. And the Lakers have such a stronghold. You know, there are a lot of Clipper fans. Don't get no. me wrong. 
to have a lot of people in my DMs. Like, you I know, feel you. I'm the same way. Um, uh, but, but you know, realistically speaking, um, seventeen banners compared to none is really a tough <laughs> thing to compete against. Yeah. Um, I think them opening the stadium in Inglewood and kind of you know breaking away from kind of being under the the Lakers umbrella and just you know sharing the same arena and things. I think that that can really tout well for them moving forward. And, you know, I, the team that they've assembled on paper is incredible. Yeah. Uh, especially given that they didn't have to give up too much to get James, acquire James. I mean, they won the trade. Yeah. Um, I think. And so what, what we need to see, though, and I think what has been exposed is that on paper doesn't always translate. And this is still very early. Oh, yeah. It's the first game that they're together um and so i think it's, it's just a matter of time and similar to the lakers you know there's going to be some growing pains um adjusting to each other but these guys have played against each other since high school and yeah. so i think you know being on the team in the same locker room um you could see the energy around it from the time that james walked into uh crypto.com arena which i still want to call staples all I the time yes is um is it's going to be an interesting season to see how it shakes out. But, you know, Ty Lu is an extremely talented coach. Yeah. Um, and they have a plethora of talent, uh, not just from the guys that you mentioned, but Norman Powell and Terrence Mann, and all these, uh, you know, guys that have been on the team. And so I think it's just a matter of figuring out, you know, playmaking and who's going to have the ball and you know just just the growing pains that come along with having so many stars on one team like of course it, it seems like a great idea in theory but when yeah. it comes down to the actuality you know they have to execute and the expectations are high so yeah. um it, it remains to be seen how <laughs> things will shake out but i'll be tuning in i was switching back and forth last night um, yeah. just to see where uh you know doing in their first debut game all together. So, um, you know, there's some, some things that they're going to have to work out, but I, I expect them to, you know, definitely be in the conversation of, you know, obviously playoff contention and, and who knows beyond. So, yeah. You know, and, and to your point, I, I think, I think it's, it, it's the perfect time for them to get a new home and it's not just a new Home. I mean, it's this two billion dollar palace that you know Steve Ballmer is investing in, and yes. um, I think it's good for the rivalry for the crosstown mm-hmm. rivals to really be crosstown and and to not share the same hallway and things like that. And so, you know, I, I think I think it's it's going to help them. Um, and listen. I grew up as a Lakers fan, and I, I, uh, and by the way, when when people like ask me, like, of course I did. I, I grew up back in the Showtime, like, like, like I'm not yes. for the yeah. Clippers, so you know. Um, uh, but again, I do want the Clippers to be successful. I do think it's fun when both teams are good. And again, Lauren, and we've talked about this. I hope, and that first game was so great that we first finally get that hallway series, hallway uh, playoff series, because that's the one thing that has eluded us for yeah. the past twenty plus years, where they've shared the same building. We've not had a postseason hallway series, so hopefully, we get that. Lauren, you're the best. We will uh, track all your amazing coverage of the Lakers and the Rams and USC. Uh, but that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.